0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lever Ball Show. And on this episode, I am joined by Chiefs linebacker and Super Bowl champion Cole Christensen. And, um, you know, Cole, I had a chance to meet you um, when you were on the Chargers roster. And, you know, we talked about, you know, your time with the Chargers and also, you know, your background. Um, You know, you have a little bit of a different background. From a lot of NFL guys, because you know, you played your college football at a, a military academy, you played at West Point, and you know, you've made that commitment to to serve in the military once you're done with the NFL. And um, you know, we just we kind of talked about that, talked about your time with the Chargers and kind of all the different hats you wear between, you know, being an athlete and also a military guy. But now additionally, um you're a Super Bowl champion and I didn't know this until like three minutes before we started recording, but a new house owner. So are you getting tired of all the different titles, you know, you have attached to your name,
1: man? It's, uh, it's getting complicated. There's a lot of things going on in life right now, but they're all very good things and very excited that it's all happening. And Before we start, I just want to say thank you for having me back. It's good to talk to you again. I think it's like our third time going on air. So it's always a pleasure talking to you, but, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an awesome ride. It's definitely been a roller coaster. Uh, but it's cool to have a ring now and start buying a house and moving to a place we want to live. So a lot of good things going on. Absolutely,
0: you know it's kind of funny because I, I grew up in Baltimore and um, I remember the, uh, the the first Super Bowl. Well, this wasn't the first Super Bowl they won, but the first Super Bowl during my lifetime was when they had Joe Flacco, and uh, I remember they won the Super Bowl. He got Super Bowl MVP, and then like at the whatever post Super Bowl party that night. He and his wife like made an announcement to everyone there that they're expecting their first child. And here you are, you win your first Super Bowl, and immediately you and your girlfriend buy a house in Florida. Is that kind of an NFL thing where you do accomplish everything all at
1: once? <laughs> it, for some guys, it might be. Uh, we've been planning this for a while. Uh, we financially, I kind of felt like I needed to wait until after year three to make the move. It just so happened that it coincided with winning the Super Bowl, so it kind of seems like a big celebration, and it has been this past month and a half has been a prolonged vacation, really, while we've been looking for the house. And we're in, down here in Florida, so it's beautiful. So we've just been at the beach hanging out and working out. Uh, but, yeah, some of the guys definitely have uh, a little more of a celebration than we had. But we I'll tell you that we had a blast after winning that game. It was probably the most fun week of our life.
0: I mean, I can only imagine. Um, but it, it sounds like it's safe to say, you know, had the Chiefs not won the Super Bowl, um, you would have still purchased the house. You wouldn't have been salty about it and been like, I'm not doing anything productive all off season because we lost it. It was regardless of whether or not you got a ring. So that's, that's good to know. Uh, Good to know. But, you know, what was that like though, you know, being part of that team um, and, you know, kind of, we've talked a lot, you know, when I've interviewed you and also off air about just how different life is in pro sports versus how people would expect. And that's true for anyone involved in, you know, in pro sports in any capacity, like even for me, um, you know, doing sports broadcasting, like there are a lot of things behind the scenes no one knows about. And there are a lot of parts of my life that aren't as cool as people would expect, um, you know, and and it's like that also, I'm sure for you as a, as a pro athlete, there are, you know, parts of your life that as an NFL player, that maybe you didn't expect before you got to that level. But what was it like, you know, you're in that that locker room with, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey and all the other guys, but what's it like just being behind the scenes, you know, and in some of those times when, you know, the media is not allowed around and there aren't cameras on, what was it like just being part of that team on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, I'll start from the beginning, I guess. Uh, So the, the day I walked into the building, I knew that it was a special organization and different from the one that I came from and no disrespect to the chargers, but I could feel when I walked in the building in Kansas city, that, One, they were used to winning. There's just an air about them that they just you feel that there's a program that it's used to success. And the motor that everyone has, it's it's all self-driven. Like the guys are self-motivated to win football games. They don't have to be pushed by the coaches or driven like cattle. Um, And it's just smooth. I mean, it is a smooth operation. I mean, every practice was the same, basically. Like every meeting we had, Coach Reed would walk in if it was Wednesday, he'd walk in and be a five minute brief meeting. And he would say, all right, today we're covering this, this, and this break it up. And it was just every, every Wednesday, you know, you were getting every Thursday, every Friday. And it was just a machine that was so well oiled. And I was shocked when I got there. I mean, it just felt so seamless. And, uh, and I plugged right in and then it was easier than I thought. Cause that was the first transition I've made to another NFL team since I've been playing. And, uh, it was smooth. I I learned the defense pretty fast. All the coaches were great. The guys were great. Um, And like you said, the big dogs like Pat and Travis, nicest guys to ever meet, like all the superstars uh, behind closed doors are just normal guys. And that's, that might be my favorite thing about the NFL so far. You know, when I first got to the league, I thought there'd be a lot of ego uh, and the guys that you always hear on the media might not be great people in person, but, we're just kicking in the locker room, shooting hoops. There's a basketball hoop in the locker room. So we would all just hang out and um, we go eat dinner and go fishing. whatever I mean, go hunting. I went duck hunting a couple times with some guys. So like everyone was very cool and um, it was an awesome experience. It was the best team I've been a part of and the coaching I'll say coach Reed probably is the best head coach I've been around. He, he just has gravity around him that I haven't felt with another head coach. Like I, like I said, when he enters a meeting, He's always the last one to come in so that everyone goes completely quiet. And it's not because he says that you have to be quiet, but you just know that he's the king. And when he walks in, he's the boss. And he's funny. Like, he doesn't – he's not – he's tough when he needs to be, and he's he's kind and encouraging when he needs to be. And he's a brilliant football mind. So, nothing but respect for Coach Reed and that whole organization.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about, um, you know, how when you first got to Kansas City, you could just tell it was different. And there's that, that expectation of winning. And you also mentioned how, you know, coach Reed and the, the chiefs organization let players be themselves and, and be people. And it's interesting. Cause I'm here in the the Boston area and, you know, I, for the last couple of years, I've just done college sports on ESPN, but a while back, like in my mid twenties, like I was covering the Patriots for the Boston Herald and I got to see things behind the scenes and, some of the things you mentioned about the chiefs remind me of the Patriots. Some things are very different The you know, the attitude about like, you know, they expect to win, you know, when the Patriots were in their heyday and they went through that stretch with Tom Brady, winning all the Super Bowls, they expected to win. And like, they were disappointed if they weren't kicking the shit out of teams, like just winning wasn't enough, you know, and they, they had that mindset and, you know, everyone had, everyone wanted to buy in. But the thing that you said about the chiefs that is different from the Patriots, you said that, you know, Guys are allowed to be themselves and have personalities. That was not the case with the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick wanted you to be a robot. And it's funny because there were really talented players who he got rid of because they didn't fit into the system. And then there were other guys who were, you know, undrafted free agents who played forever. You know, one guest I had on the show was Nate Ebner, who uh, he was a rugby player in college, didn't even play football, and was on the Patriots for eight years as a special teamer because partly how he played on special teams and also just because he bought into the system. So that's one thing you mentioned that I think is different with the chiefs is like, you know, you're allowed to be who you are. Like, you know, Travis Kelsey is known for having an amazing personality and, you know, being a funny guy, like that type of thing was frowned upon um, on the pitch. Maybe to some degree, would you say that maybe that style of football team is maybe more similar to like the military? Cause you're someone who knows football and military, as far as like just do as you're told and shut up.
1: Sort of what, from what I've heard from the Patriots organization, I think you're right. And I don't want to speak poorly on their behalf because I might end up in New England one day, who knows, but I've got some buddies that play there. And it they say it is like that, they, you know, coach Belichick's got a way of doing things. And if you don't fit that mold, he doesn't really want you. And I would say that the chiefs have a mold too. Like, they, like I said that the machine runs very well and there's a right way to run the machine, but you can put a couple of different types of parts in it and it still runs well. Uh, like there's a tempo of practice. There's a way that they prepare. And as long as you stay within those boundaries of practicing hard enough and preparing the right way, you can pretty much be what you want. Like we, we would be in practice and you know, that coach Reed is famous for his crazy trick plays like you saw this here with like the spinning wheel and all that stuff uh, like during practice Patton the boys would just make up a play on the spot just kind of to lighten practice up and they would do some crazy thing where someone's doing a somersault and throwing the ball over here and hiding behind someone else and coach Reed was in the back and he, he's laughing and he thinks it's cool and then the next play we're right back into it and rocking and rolling so uh, it's very fun playing there. Uh, but he he won't let you slip. I mean, there there was maybe two instances where he had to interject and actually like walk up in the huddle and say this isn't up to the standard. And you would have thought that we were in a platoon. Everyone went straight to attention and Coach Reed's talking, which he rarely does. And then it was the best practice I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, it's uh, different schools of thought. I don't know if there is a right or wrong way. Obviously, Coach Belichick's had a lot of success, and so has Coach Reed. So whatever works, works. And I guess if you find it you just keep rolling with it, I think coach Reed's got a pretty good way of doing business.
0: I mean, no question. I mean, and it, it certainly works out for, for both of those guys. Um, But, you know, also, you know, specifically with guys like Mahomes and, and Kelsey, again, I keep bringing up new England and I, I mean, I do, I do live in this area. So I talk about it a lot, but a lot of the things you've talked about kind of remind me about the situation with the Patriots, because also, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey, like, guys who aren't football fans, people who aren't football fans know who they are. It's the same way with Tom Mm -hmm. Brady, someone who doesn't even have time to watch the Super Bowl and, you know, whatever thinks that football has three downs knows who Tom Brady is, you know? And it's the same thing with, you know, most NFL players. If you go out in the street, football fans will recognize you, but literally anyone would recognize a guy like Brady, you know, who's in New England all those years or guys like Mahomes and Kelsey, but, You know, you made it sound as though they're they're pretty cool guys. So when you were around them as a teammate, obviously, like if they go out in public, they have to be guarded. But were they just kind of normal guys around their teammates? Like, did you get to interact with them?
1: Oh, yeah, they were totally normal. And I'll say this on Travis specifically. Uh, My first practice there, uh, obviously, like when you're on a practice squad, you're going against them. And every rep that I was against him, like if I was guarding him in coverage or if I was taking on him as a blocker, uh, if I did a good job, he'd be like, Hey man, thanks for getting us better. And that was the first time I've had someone of his caliber actually pay respect back like in the practice. they like, Hey man, appreciate that. That was a good look. And he did it the whole season after practice. We'd be like coming out of meetings and he'd make a point to leave the tight end room and come over to ours and be like, Hey guys, that's the reason we're winning football games. Cause you guys are, putting in a good look and putting in the effort. And I thought that was really special. It honestly gave me goosebumps the first time it happened. And he just kept doing it. And, and Pat was the same way. I, you know, I, I, I rarely get starstruck around players, but when you, I mean, Patrick's probably arguably the most famous guy in football right now. So like the first time I walked in and he walked by me in the hallway, I was like, Oh man, that's special. my Mahomes right there. And he dap me up. And it's like, what's up, dude, like pleasure to have you here. We're glad you're on the team. And, uh, mid mid play like as we're in practice he'd he'd smile at me and look this way and throw it that way like he does and uh and then come up and dab you up afterwards so they were super cool and you know I, I didn't talk to him a ton you know like they're busy and we're not on the same size of the ball because you, you really do spend more of your time with defense if you're a defensive player but any chance that I did have a opportunity to interact they were all fantastic dudes Pat even invited us over to his house after the Super Bowl which I mean who am I you know i undrafted guy practice squad up and down. And we left the parade and he came up to us like several of us and was like, Hey man, come over to my house afterwards. We're going to, we're going to kick it back here for a little bit. Um, once the parade's over, I was like, dude, how cool is that? Like the biggest guy in football is asking me and my girlfriend and my buddies to come over and hang out. So they're, they're a special group and they're, they really are very cool dudes.
0: I mean, that's awesome. And I mean, they, they say, again, they said the same thing about Brady, you know, anytime a new free agent signed with the team, he introduced himself and they pretty much be like, yeah, um, we know who you are. Oh, your name's Tom. What a, what a shock. Well, like, but yeah, no, that's awesome though. And, you know, also um, you know, what's kind of your mindset moving forward. I mean, you know, when I first met you, you were new to the NFL. um, And I mean, this wasn't exactly how you said it word for word, but like with your background at West point, you know, at one point maybe you thought that you were going to be going straight into the military after college and not, playing football beyond college and so you were new to the NFL and you weren't necessarily someone who'd expected to be in the NFL for years but now you know in addition to the Super Bowl ring you've played multiple years in the NFL you know you've played multiple positions from you know being on defense in different roles to playing special teams you've seen the NFL a little bit more I mean what's your mindset now um you know heading into your fourth NFL season how has it changed from you know when you were new to the league
1: uh I'm still every bit as appreciative as I was in the beginning. I I think the longer I've gone, the more appreciative I've gotten because I didn't think I'd make it this far. Uh so every time I step out there, I I do I look around more often. I'd soak things in, like, man, how cool is this? I'm still playing. You know, it's pretty rare that someone makes it this far as an undrafted guy. So I'm just very thankful to be here. But then I'm also I feel like a vet now. And I did I got when I was a rookie, i I had no idea what I was going into. And I was certainly more nervous than I am now. So it feels good to have a couple of years under my belt and I know what it takes to prepare the right way. Uh, I know what OTAs are like. I know what camps like, I know what I need to do to hang around longer. So it's nice knowing what boxes I need to check. And I've kind of got, I got a good routine now, a method, you know, preseason, like how to ramp things up the right way. Cause I went super hard in the beginning. Like my first year, I, I, over in the off season to get ready. And then I was kind of burnt by the time I got to camp. And then I was just barely getting along physically to make it to the end. And then you have a whole season and the season's almost, it feels like it's twice as long as a college season. So now that I've learned how to pace myself through this super long season, uh, I feel much better about it. And uh, I'm not nearly as nervous. I know how to, I know the speed of the game now. So I feel more comfortable on the field. I've made some plays, so I know I know I can play. So all that jitterness that I had in the beginning, is kind of gone. But, you know, as an undrafted guy, on I mean, I'm kind of still the new guy on this team. You still got to prove yourself every single year. And I'm not on a 10-year bajillion dollar contract. So it takes every bit as much effort as it did the first year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you talk about that also, like having some jitters when you first got into the NFL. I think... A lot of people, a lot more people have that than you'd think. And that's not just in sports, that's in anything. Like anytime you're new to something, people feel that imposter syndrome. And, you know, do I belong? And again, that's, that's true also, you know, in broadcasting. So many people I've talked to, you know, like their first time going on TV or their first time, you know, interviewing a professional athlete, they're like, what am I doing here? You know, and I, a lot of, you know, again, pro athletes, their rookie year feel that way. It's also, I think the thing that's, That can be weird, at least as a broadcaster, is like if you interview a pro athlete who's around your age, it's one thing. But it's like if you interview like a retired pro athlete like Michael Strahan is 50, you know, I interviewed him last year. Like when I interviewed him, it's like when I was a kid watching him play in the NFL, I wasn't a media guy. I wasn't someone who had access to players. So I you know, you view someone as more of an action figure you know, at that point in your life. And it's, it's weirder, I think, and you feel more of the imposter syndrome interviewing someone like that, because when they were playing, you were a fan, not a media guy, if that makes any sense. But I think so many people, even if they don't admit they had jitters, so many people deal with that. Um, But, you know, also, I guess, you know, we've also talked about, you know, your time at West Point. um, And it's funny, like, you know, when you, when you hit certain milestones, you know, maybe your school will honor you. I mean, like my high school just named me like a notable alumni. Like they did this like cringeworthy photo shoot of me for their alumni network with like a picture of me interviewing and then like a picture of me interviewing Michael Strahan. But you know, has anyone from West Point reached out to you or, you know, have they, are they going to put you in the Hall of Fame or have like a, you know, Cole Christensen day on campus? Or I mean, you're probably a legend at West Point at this point.
1: There's some stuff. Yeah. I I haven't talked to them a ton. I know they have like an NFL wall now that didn't exist before, but like myself and John Radigan, Elijah Riley, Brett Toth, like we've got like a wall uh, with our pictures on it, like big giant murals. So that's pretty cool. I haven't been back to West Point since all this started. So I do want to go back and then people stay in touch like uh, previous superintendents, like three-star generals that were there will reach out to me sometimes and old teachers, you know, colonels and whatnot, they'll check in. And then I do stuff when I can. Uh, It's a little different than a normal college. I think like a lot of my buddies that say like went to LSU or Bama, they're immediately immortalized when they go to the pros and they get their plaque and all this. I think all of this is very new to West Point. So they're not even really sure how to navigate it and they're dealing with a lot of stuff i mean they're training leaders of our nation's sons and daughters to go fight our wars so i understand us being on the back burner of things uh so we're, none of us are looking for credit from them even though they've given it i don't want to say they haven't but uh we certainly know that they've got a lot on their plate and this wasn't um this isn't where they intended us to go probably when we were you know plebes there Well, that's the thing. And
0: and I mean, also, you know, as we talked about, so you, you plan on, you know, serving the military when your NFL career is over. And I mean, in a way it's funny because like lots of pro athletes I've talked to or like recently retired pro athletes, they talk about like, you know, my identity has been playing my sport for so long. Like now that I don't play, I have no idea who I want to be or what I want to do. In your case, you don't have to worry about that transition because you already know, you know, what your future is, but what do you think that that transition will be like, you know, when you decide to move on from football and go into the military and how different do you think that'll be, you know, going from the NFL to the military versus if you'd gone straight from West Point to the military?
1: It's going to be a big change. No doubt about it. Uh, I'm very excited to do it, but I will say the, the longer I've gone in the league, I feel like I've gotten a little farther from the army. I'm sure I'll pick it up like I never left when I get back, but I certainly was ready to rock and roll when I was a senior. I was going field artillery. I was going to Hawaii. I had it all mapped out, and uh, this obviously has been a detour. I don't think it'll be that hard of a transition. The lifestyle will be different, obviously. Um, You know, I think the right now all of my coworkers are peers, even if they're coaches or – management the way that nfl works in the off like behind closed doors everyone speaks to each other like a peer basically like you have you show respect to your coaches but you work together on problems um like when we're breaking down game plans and stuff like they ask for your feedback and uh it's a little looser than the military work so getting back into the chain of command and the way information flows in the army is a little different than nfl nfl you can just walk down to the the top dog's office and like hey coach i'm thinking this i'm feeling this way Um, sometimes not always the case in the army so that'll be a little bit of a change but you know i did it for four years and i'm excited to do it again it's what i went to west point for and it's what i'm gonna do and have to do well and you know like
0: you said um you know that's why you went to west point um you know you you made that decision years ago when you went to west point that you wanted the military to be part of your future um, and yeah, you mentioned the lifestyle will be different. I don't think, you know, in the army you're gonna go to as many parties at Patrick Mahomes' house. Although maybe there's some type of, you know, veteran benefit that includes that. I don't know. Not not that I'm aware of, but uh, but no, but you know, it's always it's always good to catch up. Um, and again, you know, like we discussed, you just bought a new house in Florida, you know, you have your Super Bowl ring, you just went to you went to a party at Patrick Mahomes' house. Sounds like your life really sucks. I, you know, I would. Not, I don't think anyone listening would want to be Cole Christensen right now. But uh, Cole, you know, thanks again for uh, for joining us.
1: Yeah, buddy, appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and um, I hope we have the same success next year, both of us, and we can catch up again next time and see where we're at.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you don't win another Super Bowl, you're not welcome on the show again. You have to. <laughs> I only interview Super Bowl champions, so you know.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I don't, I so. don't mean that. I'm
0: just trying to give you extra motivation. You know, like in the fourth quarter, you're thinking about like, I want to get invited back on, on Leverage Balls podcast again.
1: That's exactly what I'm going to be thinking this whole year.
0: <laughs> 100%. That, that'll help you get up early for workouts. It'll help you in the fourth grade, help you. If that's not motivation, I don't know what is, but yeah, uh, right. once again, everyone, that is uh, Chiefs linebacker Cole Christensen. You've been listening to the Lever Ball show.